Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I want to begin by acknowledging that I am recording this episode from my home, which is located on the traditional, unceded, and ancestral territories of the Tecumseh Tishikwetan people. And I'm very grateful that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. Recently, I spoke on this podcast about two pressing workplace and HR-focused issues. In episode 56, Where Are All the Workers?, I talked about the pressure this current labor market is having on employers. And I unpacked why uh, I believe, and many others believe, we are experiencing this labor crunch. In episode 57, Quiet Quitting, What's All the Fuss?, I talked about this so-called new phenomenon sweeping social media posts, causing employers fear and a lot of interesting reactions. In this episode, I explained that quiet quitting is really about the expectations employers have about what an engaged employee looks like and how they should dedicate themselves to the organization which may be somewhat unrealistic, especially given this job market. Now, you can listen to both of those episodes wherever you're listening to me now, and I do encourage you to do so. And if you have any comments or feedback on either of those, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me a direct message on social media, you can send me an email, or you can just leave a comment on a social media post. Now today, I want to talk to you about another, I don't know if I'd call it a trend, but um, another scenario that's causing concern for both employers and job seekers. And I want to share some thoughts on what I think both job seekers and employers can do about it. And that trend is workplace flexibility. Everyone seems to want it. And employers are scrambling to figure out how to offer it and still run their business or organization. So in this episode, I'm going to offer a few suggestions for both sides of this employment coin, (laughs) employees or potential employees and employers. Because when it comes to this line item in the negotiation, I really believe there are some win-win options, even without work from home. There's a lot to talk about here. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Now, just before we get into today's topic, I want to share that I have an exciting new resource for any of you that are looking for an HR role. We all know that the interview stage of the selection process is still the most relied upon part of deciding on a new employee. And it's also the most stressful one for many job candidates. The HR interview question guide is an incredible companion for HR job seekers to help them prepare and shine in this critical meeting. When you purchase the guide, you get tips and tools to help you prepare for the interview, as well as responses and suggestions for answering 12 of the most common interview questions. You'll learn how to answer the questions so you can work with the scripts we provide and create your own customized responses as part of your preparation. 
The best part about this guide is that it costs less than a cup of coffee and a pastry at your favorite coffee shops. Or if you become a member of the HR Mentor Fan Club, you'll get instant access to all the bonus material that is part of the fan club and the HR interview question guide. You can find information about both resources using the links in the show notes for this episode, which of course can be found wherever you're listening. Okay, let's get into workplace flexibility. The reality here is job seekers today desire flexibility and they seek it out in potential employers like never before. And employers and HR teams are doing everything they can to try and provide it. Knowing that, regardless of which hat you're wearing when you're listening to this podcast, and for some of you that might be both, I want you to acknowledge that both people, both groups want the same thing. And for employers, I think it's also important to acknowledge that you want to hire the employee that is going to do the job that you're offering in the best possible way and hopefully stick around for a while. Sometimes I feel like we get into the recruitment and selection process forgetting that the two parties involved want the same thing. There really seems to be a lot of tension right now in the recruitment space and employers in particular are frustrated. And to be honest, I don't really blame them. It's a frustrating time to be hiring. But let's not forget that it wasn't too long ago that the tables were turned and employers had all the control in this process. So let's just accept that for what it is. And for those of you on the hiring side, perhaps this is a time to look at how you can get better at what you do with creative and more inclusive ways to bring people into your organization. It is a bit of a reset, but in many ways, I don't think it's a bad one. Anyway, I, that's kind of a topic for a whole other episode. But my point is, try not to look at the candidate who's trying to make a deal with you and negotiating for what will make them satisfied, happy, and willing to come to work every day as a negative. And just appreciate that they want to make it work with you. And if they get what works for them at the beginning, they'll probably be more content at work, they'll probably do better work, and they'll stay longer. See, it's a win-win. Back to flexibility. When we say this word, usually what it means for both parties is working from home these days. This has become the ultimate and most coveted non-monetary benefit of this time period. We also know looking back over the last two years that a lot of employers have been able to offer this in organizations that previously said it wasn't possible. This is why this can be a sticking point for a lot of candidates. But let's not forget that a lot of employers also had to lay off employees or close even for a period of time or maybe permanently. And there are many jobs that cannot be completed at the kitchen table. Now, those of you listening to this are likely HR professionals, so your role potentially can be performed remotely if you have the right setup. But it doesn't mean your employer has to provide it. There are lots of good reasons to work face-to-face, especially in entry-level and support roles in an HR department. 
Think about the mentoring and side conversations and the learning that happens when you're working as part of a team. And I know many of you probably desire to be part of a team. And there are many organizations that are fully returning to the office. If you're listening to this as an HR professional, from the employer's perspective, you may also be getting pressure from your organization or your leaders to return everyone to the office. And you're worried about your competitiveness in this wild job market. So I don't blame you for feeling a little bit mixed on this topic. It is pretty crazy out there. The question I want to explore today is work from home the only way to offer or receive flexibility at work? I don't really believe that's true. The reason most folks want this is that they like the flexibility of working in comfortable clothes, flexing the hours they work, petting their dog in between meetings or during meetings, picking the kids up from school and not paying for parking. Some people feel they get more work done in a shorter period of time and other people like the option of taking longer breaks, starting earlier, working into the evening. Of course, it's different for everyone, but you get the gist. It's not just about being at home for everyone. Look, I like working from home. I'm working from home today, and I like having options, and I'm lucky to do that. I do have a lot of flexibility in my schedule, but I don't always want to work from home. I actually find there can be too many distractions and interruptions. I don't have a window in my office, so it gets a bit meh at times, and most days there's no one here to grab lunch with or share a laugh with. But do I love my flexibility? Absolutely. So keeping in mind why people might want to work from home, I want to assure you that even if you can't offer work from home or as a job seeker, you can't get work from home from the organization you want to work for, there are other ways to offer and receive flexibility. So I've got five options you can consider. The first one, flexible start and end times. The second one, banking some time for extra leave. The third one, compressed work weeks. The fourth one, expanded and flexible leave plans. And the fifth one is sort of a catch-all of other creative ways to offer people flexibility. Now, I know as you listen to this list, these are probably things you've heard of before, but I think we've kind of forgotten about other ways to create flexibility because everybody's so focused on working from home. I'll talk about each one briefly and sort of what you can do about it if you're a job seeker or an employer. So let's start with flexible start and end times. Obviously, it's just how it sounds. I really feel this is why a lot of people enjoy work from home. You may start and end earlier than the standard schedule, or you might start and end later than the normal schedule. This option can often offer a really good balance for employees who have young or school-aged children, or if employees are studying in the evening or have a hobby they want to pursue that requires them to start work a bit later or end work a bit earlier. This option really worked nicely for me when my first child was born. I started a bit earlier. I took a shorter lunch break and I ended earlier than my coworkers so I could pick her up from daycare at a time that allowed me to actually spend time with her. 
Our kids always had early bedtimes when they were little, and so this worked great for me. We could still go to the park or take a walk when I was done work. We could have dinner, we could do bath and bedtime, and I still got to have some adult time in the evenings. My sister-in-law also did this when my nephew was young. She started work really early, came home to pick up my nephew from school, and sometimes worked from home when needed. My brother started work later so he could take my nephew to school and did the morning routine with him. There are lots of ways to play with this option, but it can be great for both parties. The second option you can explore is bank time. Now, I know this is offered in a lot of workplaces, especially unionized one, but for professional roles like HR, where overtime is not usually required to be paid and often is somewhat of an expectation when deadlines need to be met, this might be something you can ask for or offer potential employees. The way I see this offering some flexibility is if an employee is working on a project or some type of work that requires extra hours, the employer could offer to bank that extra time so the employee can take more time off in the future. Many employers will do this in the case of large-scale team or individual projects that they know will take extra time, but it's also something that could be negotiated depending on the role. And I would suggest that perhaps offering an employee to take this time in hours rather than days would offer them maximum flexibility. So the next time someone wants to leave early or go to a personal event or catch a flight somewhere, they don't need to take a whole vacation day. They can use some of their bank time. And this might be enough to give somebody some flexibility. And it might be something you hadn't considered for HR roles in your organization or even other professional roles. The third option is compressed work weeks. There are many different formulas for compressed work weeks or nine-day fortnights. Some organizations offer these across their whole operation to employees And in some cases, they're offered just in certain work teams where the work allows it. And though it's not usual in professional roles, why can't it be? If you're someone who can work longer days, four days per week or nine days out of every two weeks and would love to have some three-day weekends to get maximum rest and enjoy your life, this might be something you can negotiate. This is one that I think employers are going to offer more and more because depending on your industry, it can have huge long-term benefits. A recent local one um, close to me is the city of Merritt. This is a small municipality in the Thompson-Nicola region of BC, just 45 minutes from where I am, and they're piloting a four-day work week for all employees as an employee retention strategy. The municipality also notes that only being open to the public four days a week, but for extended hours, gives citizens more time to access services before and after the standard workday. You can read more about their pilot project using the link in the show notes. A more global example was Microsoft in Japan moving to a four-day work week pre-pandemic. They noted that they saw a 40% increase in productivity with this model. Now, Even if you can't get your employer to agree to move the entire company to this model, why can't you offer this to some employees in your department? Make sure you have coverage for core times and extend your services earlier or later on other days. 
I do know many employees who also note that they get more focused work done before everyone gets in the office and after everyone leaves. So this time, this strategy can sometimes offer the best of both worlds, a great retention or attraction strategy, and it can offer an increase in productivity. Again, win-win here. Okay, the fourth idea or option is expanded and flexible leave plans. So another way to give your employees more weekly or monthly flexibility in their time off is to be creative and flexible with your leave plans. Traditionally, leave plans dictated a certain advanced period of notice for vacation time. And in many places I've worked, employees needed to take time off in larger blocks. And in some workplaces, there's a really good reason for that not the least of which is that you don't really get a break or rest from work if you take all your vacation as long weekends. And let's face it, rest is really important. That said, employers could be more creative and offer more flexibility with leave to give employees more options. One way you can do this is to offer last minute time off requests. For example, As an employee, if I don't have any meetings in my calendar and all my work is caught up, perhaps I can wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm not feeling it. I'd rather watch movies all day with my kids or go skiing. I can just call up my manager and say, hey, I'm taking the day off. Everything's covered, but I'm going to go play today. This can be a way for employees to use up banked or earned time off days, and it allows them to feel more in control of their lives. Perhaps you still need them to take their vacation in a couple of big blocks. No problem. Block some and then leave a handful for last-minute vacation days. Or just offer some extra discretionary days up front that don't carry over year to year and form a liability. I know there can be a cost to this, but hey, there's a bigger cost to losing and replacing a great employee. I know some organizations that also allow employees to take unlimited vacation time. I know, scary concept. Honestly, the way it works for them is that as long as the goals are clearly laid out and the goals are being met, employees can take as much time as they want. I know that won't work in all workplaces, but hey, it's a creative idea and something to think about. Time away is so good for our mental and physical health. And if you can't offer work from home, it might be an important benefit to get more creative with. Okay, my fifth and final suggestion is a bit of a catch-all. Be creative. I know, not much guidance, but what I'm saying here is try and see what will work for your organization and what your employees want. And for job seekers, try and be open to thinking about Why do you really want to work from home? What is it about that? Is it that you can take a phone call in the middle of the day, that you get to wear casual clothes? Really think about what it is that you want. It's so different for everyone. And people aren't robots who are all going to be happy with the same offer package. Flexibility is not only about how and when and where we work, but getting to choose the benefits we get from work. It's truly naive to think all employees are going to be happy with a standard set of offerings that are created for everyone. What makes me feel happy and content and brings out the best in me is not what works for someone else. 
So if you're an employer, ask them. And if you're a job candidate, ask the potential employer and see if they can meet you part or all of the way. Here's an example. Maybe working from home is attractive to your employees because they don't have to get all dressed up. So have more casual work days. What about pets at work? So many people got pets during the pandemic and now they don't want to leave them at home alone. So can they bring their dog to work even part of the time? What about longer lunch breaks that allow them to go home, eat and walk their little Fido or take a nap? Maybe you can offer nap rooms or quiet rooms where people can unwind during the day. I know many of us took naps during the pandemic and some of us, not mentioning names, still enjoy them on days that I'm extra tired. (laughs) So make it so that they can get the best of both worlds. But if you don't ask them, how are you going to know? Do some research, see how other employers are doing it. Just because you aren't Google or Microsoft or Netflix doesn't mean you can't take some of their workplace flexibility ideas and try them out in your workplace. So be creative. Think about what people want, ask job candidates, be open-minded. To summarize, I've offered five ways to give or get flexibility at work without work from home. The first one, flexible start and end times. The second one, banked overtime for extra leave. The third, compressed work weeks. Fourth, expanded and flexible leave plans. And the fifth, other creative ways. Pets, clothing, longer lunches. Of course, Work from home is still an option, and it also doesn't need to be an all-or-nothing offer. Maybe you offer work from home once or twice per week, and you alternate between your staff. But even if that's not possible, you still have a lot of other options to negotiate with. And for both parties, employers and job seekers, I encourage you to negotiate. Have a conversation after the first interview. Employers, we know we don't like to hear people ask about compensation and benefits at the end of the interview. And my advice stands to job seekers not to do this kind of negotiation before a job offer. But if the employer opens the door and asks what is important to an employee to feel they can do their best work, be willing to listen and think about how you can get it for them rather than telling them right out of the gate that you can't do it. And be willing to go to your leader and negotiate for your team or a great candidate. I get that there are all kinds of downstream effects of differentiating with employees. And if you give something to someone, you have to to give it to someone else. But let's face it, as a manager or leader, your number one job right now should be focusing on your people. Because without them, you can't do what you need to do. I mean, it always should be like this, and most HR leaders know this, but I think some employers are only now waking up to the reality that it's mission critical, and it will be for some time in the future. Again, not everybody is going to be motivated by the same flexibility options, so ask the question. And for those of you listening that are job seekers, you also need to come to the table with solutions and be flexible. If a job looks like a great fit for your career and you think you're going to learn something, be creative with what flexibility could look like for you. If you can't get full work from home, what else will work? 
Think about why you want it and what you're willing to give up to get that flexibility. And to give your employer or potential employer some wiggle room in a negotiation is a really good thing. You probably will come to an agreement. Just because you have options in the job market, great employers and roles are still something to value and hang on to. And if you're going to get fabulous experience and career growth, there's value in that, especially early in your career. You may also need to prove yourself first. I always say it's easier to negotiate at the time of the job offer, but perhaps what you negotiate is that you will prove yourself to the employer first, let's say for six months, full in the office every day. But if you meet certain performance standards at that point, maybe you can agree to working from home one or two days per week or get some of these other flexible benefits. There are so many ways to create a meaningful job offer or deal if both parties are willing to come to the table with options. The reality is the desire for flexibility isn't going anywhere. In the same way, the current labor market isn't going to shift anytime soon. So be open, be willing, and hey, be flexible on both sides. And if you have any other great solutions or ideas, don't hesitate to share them. You can comment on a social media post for this episode, send me a DM, or write me an email. And if you'd like to express your love for this podcast, please don't be shy. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave a comment and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Not only will I read it on a future show, but it also helps put this podcast in front of other HR professionals who might benefit from it. And if you're not a member of the HR Mentor Fan Club, sign up today and get access to amazing extras and resources. The HR Mentor Fan Club is a virtual space where you can get access to special bonus episodes of the podcast, resources, and free downloads, as well as a chance to access special discounts on future programs. And remember, you'll also get instant access to the HR interview question guide, or you can purchase it as a standalone item using the link in the show notes or by visiting www.thehrmentor.podbean.com, where you can also find all the episodes of this show. As always, thank you so much for listening. Your time is appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.